National Reconciliation Week kicks off this coming week. It's viewed as a time for all Australians to learn about our shared histories, cultures and achievements and to explore how each of us can contribute to achieving reconciliation in Australia. Karen Mundine, welcome back to Speaking Out. It's so great to be with you. Always a pleasure to be here. Now, for those, I guess, unaware, how did Reconciliation Week get started in the early days? Reconciliation Week started out as the week of prayer for reconciliation back in the old Council for Aboriginal Reconciliation days. So that was the predecessor organisation before us. And it was really looking at how do people from different faith communities come together to talk about reconciliation? But of course, when you get different faith communities, they don't all share the same day of worship. So rather than have it as a single day, the council, in conjunction with those communities, decided, why don't we turn it into a week? And then every community could actually take whatever was their special or holy day to celebrate, to to contemplate, really, think about what does reconciliation mean to us as people of faith. And so that happened for a couple of years, and it was so successful that the council decided, well, this shouldn't be just about faith communities, and we really like to open it up to the broader community. So that's kind of where it, it started from. And I got to say, you know, every year it grows, it gets bigger, and there are more and more people that are, you know, just stepping up, wanting to engage, wanting to find out more, which is always really exciting. In your time with the organisation, I guess, what are the changes and, and positive changes you've seen over the last decade or so? Being around for the last couple of decades, geez, it makes me sound old. But <laughs> look, again, we've just seen more and more people coming on board, asking questions, getting, informing themselves, uh, getting involved, taking action. So it's really exciting to see that movement growing. But as the movement's grown, people have learnt more. So the kind of questions that people are asking about, the kind of things that people, questions people are grappling with are really big, important questions. There are questions about the truth and stories of our past. It's about how do I, how do we address racism in our workplace? How do we make places safe for mob, wherever they are, whether it's going to the theatre or whether it's being at work? What is it that we can do that puts First Nations peoples at the centre of our conversations about what it means to be Australian? So these are really important, big conversations. And what's really exciting is more and more people are getting involved in them. From your perspective, what does a, a reconciled Australia look like and how do we get to that point? Yeah, so for me, I mean, it is about how do we create that just, equitable society and how do we build those better relationships with the broader community that absolutely puts our way of being, doing and thinking at the heart of what it means to be Australian? And also thinking about how do we not just say that in performative ways, so, you know, jerseys at um, football rounds or, you know, acknowledgements of country, but how do we put real meaning and depth behind that? How do we create opportunities for our ways of being, thinking and doing that is absolutely respected, that is valued? Because we're the oldest continuing culture on the earth and our culture exists nowhere else on the earth except for here. So how do we really embrace that as a nation and talk about that and embed it into our structures, into our systems, into everything that we do in our society? And when we do that, not only does that support and elevate First Nations peoples, but it creates value for all Australians. 
You mentioned the concept of truth-telling and a true reflection of our, our shared past. How do we move forward? Is it important that we, we have a process of truth-telling to move forward or is that process happening? How do you see that playing out? Yeah, so I think the Uluru Statement from the Heart really gives us a, a beautiful encapsulation of a whole heap of things that we've been talking about in the reconciliation space for a really, really long time. And to be honest, First Nations people have been talking about for, you know, longer than I've been alive and for as long as I can remember. It is about how do we tell the story of us in this country, and that includes the story of non-Indigenous people and our interactions, that truth-telling, that historical acceptance. It's a really big part of not only our past, but obviously how and where we find ourselves today. And until we address that, until we unpack it, until we own it, we can't really move forward because we'll continue to repeat those mistakes. So it's really important that we think about those things. We think about Makarata, we think about voice, and we think about treaty. These are all parts of how do we recognise First Nations peoples in real and meaningful ways in this nation. Now, be a voice for generations is the theme for this year. What's the significance of this theme? Yeah, so really what we wanted to do is to to honour the work of the generations that came before us, the people who have fought for justice for a very long time in this country. But it's also acknowledging that there is a moment in time today, now, for us to do something that will create better opportunities and better futures for the next generation. So it's a it's a call to action. It's urging all Australians to, to be part of that tradition, to be a voice for generations, honour our past, but acknowledge that we can do something today for the next generation. How do you see this? Is, does this theme have any sort of link to the broader conversations around a voice to parliament? Look, everything that we do is about how do we progress Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people's rights, our histories, our culture as part of the broader Australian culture. And obviously there's a debate and discussion going on on around the voice and, and a referendum that will be held later this year. So all of these things are linked, but it's not the silver bullet. It's not the only thing. It's really important and it will certainly set us on a path for better outcomes. Uh, but there are so many other ways that people can use their voice for generations about how we think about truth-telling, how we use our voice to listen, how we use our voice for equality. There are so many ways that people can get involved that are both big and small. But I think really, really the most important part is how do we make sure that our actions are as loud as our voices? Now, I've seen some conversation this past week around racism in the workplace and um, the toll of being a First Nations journalist can often be. Is that a sign that we're not quite there yet? How have you observed the conversations of the past couple of weeks? What's really disappointing is that these conversations of the last uh, couple of weeks are not new. It's a burden that all of us that stand in the, the public domain are a part of, but also, equally, just people who are living their lives are often subject to so many of these things. And my support and my heart goes out to, to all people who are struggling with that. And I, I really do hope that they have support structures and support, uh, love and support around them. No, we're not there. And certainly our Australian Reconciliation Barometer tells us that. What it also tells us is we have these great intentions. So the majority, like over 90%, of Australians consistently want to build better relationships with First Nations peoples. Where we struggle is how we do this. 
where we struggle is when we don't understand how our past and our history shapes who we are today. What we don't understand is that these things are not just about individuals and the interpersonal, that these things are also baked into our structures and our systems. And until we start to address some of those things, we're never going to be able to move forward in the way that we would like to. We talk about that as the five dimensions of reconciliation. So race relations, institutional integrity, equality and equity, uh, historical acceptance and unity. And the point about these five different areas, you know, if we want to see a reconciled nation, we have to make be making progress against all five of them. And they're all interconnected. So we can only get so far in one area if we're not dealing with all of them. So racism will continue to rear its head if we don't look at our jobs, if we don't think about what is the equality and equity piece, how do we actually recognise Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples as first peoples? How do we give people the respect of that through mechanisms for that voice to be heard? So all of these things are connected. It saddens me that we're not as far as perhaps we would like, but I'm encouraged by the hundreds of thousands of millions of Australians that are out there that who are doing the hard work, who are informing themselves, who are getting active and who are trying to make a difference. And what I hope is that people learn out of these past experiences, that they truly hear what people are saying and are thinking about how do we ensure that this doesn't happen again and how do we ensure that we're actually creating better outcomes for all of us because we all win when we get this right. Karen Mundine, thank you so much for your time. Always my pleasure. Thanks, Jai.